has every one of you has received a gift so minister it to one another as good stewards of the grace of god so we are to be ministering to people but guess what we're not to be people pleasers Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everybody. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and welcome to the Life Talk radio broadcast. You know, last time we began a brand new series about the race of faith that every Christian is called to run. And we opened with a message entitled, Drop That Weight. Today, we're going to continue with that message with a look at several of the unnecessary weights that we carry that tend to hinder our ability to run the race well. I can't wait to share it with you, so let's get right to the message. Those that have learned to wait on the Lord and put their weights down and their sins down will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint, and they will sprout wings. Now, I want to mention three weights today. Here's the first one. Let us lay aside every unnecessary business. Unnecessary business. Have you ever noticed how easy it is for you to get involved in something God didn't call you to? When a person becomes involved in any business that God has not called him to, he takes an unnecessary burden upon himself and it becomes a weight. Did you know, and I, I hesitate to say this, I'm afraid to say this in a church that thrives on volunteerism, but do you know you can volunteer yourself to death? I'm going to get rebuked for that one by my whole staff. Oh, pastor, we need volunteers. Hey, we need volunteers, but we need volunteers who have heard God and are getting in the place he has put them. We don't need overcommitted people we need people committed in the place God has gifted them in. Because you can be overcommitted, over busy, and it becomes a weight and a drag on your spirit. You wake up in one day and you say the thrill is gone. The zeal is dried up. I don't have it anymore. There's no more umph. What has happened? Well, it could be that you were overcommitted. We're to do some things. I want you to say that with me. I'm to do some things, but I'm not to do everything. You know, I thought about God's job description on the way to church today, and I thought, he's the only one that can fill it. Some people think they're God, think they're Jesus, and can do everything, but you can't. Now, in Jesus' parable of the sower, I want you to listen to this. In Jesus' parable of the sower, he gave a warning. Remember, he told about the tale of four seeds. And one of those seeds that sown into the ground was choked. Listen to what he said. The seed that fell into thorny ground the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked it and it became unfruitful. You know what that word choke means in the original language? It is literally to strangle. The word of God working in this person was strangled where they became unfruitful by being overly caught up in the cares of this world. In other words, they were choked by a weight. Do you know that sometimes the most anointing thing you can say is no? 
Now, again, I'm in a church that thrives on volunteerism. We need more volunteers as I speak today. But I want volunteers who have heard the Spirit of God, and they're in the place that God has called them to, because there they will thrive, and there they will survive. But you can be overly committed where you're involved in so many things, not just in church, but out of church. You've got a commitment here, commitment there. Got to do this, got to do that. Got to go here, got to go there. And suddenly, that word in you has no room to grow because it's choked by weights, the cares of this world. The weight of unnecessary involvement in this world's affairs can strangle our walk with God and slow our progress. So sometimes the most annoying thing we can say is no to yet another commitment, yet another ministry, yet another task, yet another business. Sometimes just learn to say no. Do you know that I've learned to say no? Sometimes somebody will call me and say, Pastor, you've got to. And I say to myself, I don't got to anything. Unless God says, that's for you. Or you know what you'd have up here? You'd have a burned out, washed out, choked out preacher that hadn't been with God because I'm too busy to be with God. And I know that if you need anything, you need a fresh word from God. And this word I bring you today didn't come from me being overly busy. It came from me listening to God. So you got to say no. See, some Christians think the more busy you are, the more spiritual you are. That's crazy. Even Jesus said, come apart to a desert place and rest your blessed assurance for a while. That's the revised slanted Wickwire version. He said, come apart to a desert place and rest for a while. Everybody say rest. Now, we're not to burn out. We're to burn on. We're not to burn out. We're to burn on. But weights dragging on your legs will get you to where you are burned out because you're trying to run, but you're too weighted down, and you expire. I thought of this this week. He who burns the candle at both ends will eventually melt down. It has happened to me before. He who burns the candle at both ends will eventually melt down. Our first responsibility, church, is to keep the fire within us burning. I want you to hear your pastor today. The first responsibility of every believer is to keep the fire burning in your own heart. You've got to get with God on a daily basis, and don't be so overly committed you don't have time to do so. Because if you get away from your daily devotional time with God, you have just assured a shipwreck. So the first weight in the backpack that we carry around sometimes, full of weights, is business that God hasn't called you to. So before you commit to anything, say, Lord, is this for me? Do you know what the Holy Spirit will do? He will give you a piece or take his piece away about you getting involved in that. Now, a second weight in our race, are you ready, is debilitating distractions. Debilitating distractions. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard, the little foxes. That is a picture. Now, you know what we say about a fox? Crafty, sly, sneaky. He's saying that it's the sly, crafty, relentless distractions in life that steal our time away with God. And they become weights in our race. Can I tell you what the devil is? Listen carefully. He's a master distractor. The devil is a master distractor. He's a master distractor. 
There are a million and one things that vie for your time and mine. A million and one things competing for, contesting for, reaching for your time and mine. You know why? Because time is what God gives you and me to accomplish his will. So it's valuable. Time lost is never found again. If you lose time, you're never going to get it back. I'm using my time right now to minister the Word of God with you. I could be sitting at home watching TV, watching football, wasting my time. But I'm using it for a redemptive purpose right now. I'm redeeming my time. We can waste time. We can squander time. We can spend time. We can take time for granted or we can redeem our time. The Bible says redeeming the time because the days are evil. The Bible tells us what to do with our time. It's not that we're always to be in the Bible, always to be in prayer, but it is to be a priority. The kingdom of God is to be number one, not two, not three, not leftovers. God is not a God of leftovers. He wants the first. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things you want will be added to you as a side benefit of seeking God first. So he wasn't saying go into some monastery and off in the wilderness and never involve yourself with people and just become a hermit. That's not what he was saying. He was talking about divine kingdom priorities. He said, I must be first. See, it's easy to give your time to a good thing. And here's where the devil gets into the life of believers. It's easy to give your time to a good thing, a productive thing, even a worthwhile thing. But listen carefully to me. It may not be the best thing. There's a huge difference between good and best. There's a giant difference between a good idea and a God idea. One O. But oh, the difference between a good idea and a God idea. Listen, God wants his children involved in the God ideas, not the good ideas. All right? So, if I were the devil, if I were the devil, and I knew I had already lost you to Christ, you were saved, and there's no way I can get you back. I know I've lost you then here's going to be my next scheme. If I'm the devil, it would be to distract you from using your time to God's glory. Have you ever noticed when you decide to pray, you go into your prayer closet and that phone suddenly starts ringing off the wall. The kids go crazy. The pets go nuts. All kinds of things begin banging on that door to try to get you out of that prayer. Have you ever noticed that? When you decide you're going to seek God like you've never sought him before, suddenly a million and one distractions vying for your time come pressing into your life. It's because the devil's a master distractor. He said, if I can't keep them from going to heaven one day, I'm going to keep them from rewards. I'm going to keep them from a fruitful life. I'm going to keep them from counting for God. How many of you know I'm telling you the truth? We have an enemy. Sometimes I think the church has forgotten that the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may eat alive. We have an enemy, and he has not said, oh, well, let's leave Turning Point alone. They're a lost cause. No, the more fruitful you are, the more he's going to attack. We, we are not battling flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, and rulers of the darkness of this world. We're fighting a devil, and if he can't keep us from heaven... He'll keep us from fruitfulness. And he does it by diabolical, debilitating distractions. Think about Mary and Martha. You know the story. Mary and Martha. Jesus went over to their house one day to be with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, who he loved. The Bible says he loved them. 
Can you imagine Jesus coming into your living room? Wouldn't that just freak you out? Now he comes by the spirit. But if Jesus came into your living room and sat on your couch and leaned forward and started teaching. But that's what happened in Mary and Martha's house. Now, you know what took place? Two different kinds of people popped to the fore. One, busy. Another, a listener. Now watch, the busy person, Martha, she's in the kitchen, clang, bang. You can hear her, and the matter she gets, she's getting angry. She's getting bothered with sis, because sis is not helping her with her busyness. And so the clanging and the banging is getting louder and louder and louder. And finally, Martha comes storming out of the kitchen, storming into the living room. What does she see? Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, looking at him like, you are so wonderful. I'm listening to every word you say. And she said, Lord. Don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Jesus, get on my sister's case. How many of you have ever asked the Lord to get on somebody's case? How many did it this week? Let me see your hand and tell the truth. Oh, my. He said, don't you care? Lord, don't you get it? I'm trying to serve you. I know who you are. I'm trying to serve you. And here she is just sitting there, sitting there like a lazy old bump on a log. Would you tell her? To get in this kitchen and help me. You know how the Bible assesses Martha's problem? Luke 10, 41. Martha was distracted with much serving. Debilitating distractions. Jesus was right there in her living room. Can you get this? Jesus was right there in her living room and she missed it. If I got Jesus in my living room, I'm shutting all the doors, pulling the shades on all the windows, taking all the phones off the hook. And I'm there at his feet, and I'm saying, I'm here as long as you want to talk. I'm here to listen. But it wasn't Martha. Martha said, I'm busy, 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 busy. I'm trying to help you, Lord. I'm trying to serve you, Lord. You know that word distracted means dragged in different directions. That's what the original Greek word means. Dragged in different directions. Sometimes by our own decisions, but other times by the master distractor, and we don't even know it. The master distractor uses guilt. He uses a false sense of, a false concept of priorities to steer us away from what is most important. I want you to listen to what Jesus said. Jesus looked at her and said, Martha, Martha, if he says your name twice, you're in trouble. Martha, Martha. Watch what he said. You are careful, that means worried, and troubled about so many things. That sound like you? Careful? I'm worried. I'm uptight. I'm stressed. And troubled about so many things. But wait a minute. She's in there doing a good thing. She wants to serve the Lord. But ah, remember this. You can get so busy with the work of the Lord, you don't spend time with the Lord of the work. Now, he said, Martha, Martha, you're careful and troubled about so many things. Watch what he said. One thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part. Can you imagine Mary sitting there? All right. The Lord just stuck up for me. Now, the Lord wouldn't have stuck up for her if she wasn't doing the best thing, but she was doing the best thing. So, Mary has chosen that good part. Now, look what he said about it, which will not ever be taken away from her. Now, when he said one thing is really needful, I've told you how important words are from the original language the Bible was written in. You know what that word needful means? It means 
a necessity. He said, he said to her, Martha, one thing is a necessity. That you listen to my word and do it. It's a necessity. I tell our church staff all the time, I'm a broken record with it. And what I tell them, I tell you, you can do a lot of things in life, and a lot of things are important. But there is one thing most important at the top of the list, numero uno, at the top. And that is, it's a necessity that we spend daily time with God. It's a necessity. So a pastor, I don't need to do it every day. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. No, I really don't. I'm stronger than that. Well, then you're going to argue with the Lord? You're going to argue with the Lord and tell him, hey, you've gotten me so strong, I don't need you every day? I don't think so. Spending time with Jesus in the Word every single day is a necessity. When I wake up in the morning, I beat a fast track to, I'm going to be honest, my coffee so that I can help me wake up. And I head straight to a chair with my Bible immediately, and I eat and feed on the Word of God before I allow myself to have breakfast. I have a little personal philosophy. No Bible, no breakfast. That's just me. You don't have to do it. I'm going to try to throw that on you. But I eat that word before I eat physical food because I know Jesus himself said, I shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Isn't that what he said? I want a healthy church, thriving church, victorious church. But you're only as strong as your last time with God. Martha, the things you're so busy with are not bad or wrong, Jesus was saying, but your top priority should be putting me First, so we have unnecessary business we get involved in without the guidance of the Lord, and we have the weight of debilitating distractions. Let me deal with one more. This one might surprise you. And again, we're a volunteerism-driven church, but here I go. A third and final weight I want to mention is being a people pleaser. Now, I want to be clear. We are to serve others. The Bible is very clear. As every one of you has received a gift, so minister it to one another as good stewards of the grace of God. So we are to be ministering to people. But guess what? We're not to be people pleasers. We're to help lift the load off of our brethren. We're to care for our families. We are to reach others. For Jesus, I've given my life to ministering to other people. But here's what I'm talking about. The belief that we've got to jump in response to every request and expectation of others. Because you know what it'll do? If you're a people pleaser, it'll become a weight on you and you will not be able to serve God. The people pleaser is the person who lives for the applause of others. They live for the applause of others, for the nod of approval, for the smile of recognition. Aren't they spiritual? Aren't they wonderful? Aren't they just like Jesus? This is the person who bends over backward to avoid criticism, who longs to be liked, who yearns to be accepted and celebrated. So what they become is the go-to person for every need that arises in their orbit with people around them. They are people pleasers. The problem with this, it becomes a huge weight wrapped around your feet. Because you don't have time to do anything. You don't have time to serve the Lord because you're busy pleasing everybody. I want you to listen to what the Bible says. Are you ready? The fear of human opinion disables. The fear of what people are going to say about you, do about you. Oh, well, they're not very spiritual. They're not very Christ-like. Because I asked them to help me and they didn't do it. 
They didn't jump when I said jump. So they're not Christ-like. So the people person fears that. So they're constantly bowing to the expectations of others. But the fear of human opinion disables you. Trusting in God protects you from that disabling. Wow, that's good stuff. Y'all getting anything out of this today? I want you to catch this now. Listen to what Paul said. Paul fully got this. Listen to what he said. He wrote this to the Galatians in chapter 1, verse 10. He said, you can see that I'm not trying to please you by sweet talk and flattery. No, I'm trying to please God. Can everybody say that with me? I'm trying to please God. Now listen to what he ends with. If I were still trying to please men, I could not be Christ's servant. I'm going to read that again. If I were still trying to please men, I could not be Christ's servant. Think Jesus again. Think Mary and Martha again. Hold on for just a second. Let me just dive in quickly and remind you that when they came running to Jesus and said, oh, your friend Lazarus, he's sick. Please come quickly and heal him. And the servants ran back to Mary and Martha and said, okay, we found him. He's on his way. Jesus sat there for four days. By the time he got there, Mary was mad at him and Martha was ticked at him. They told him what for. If only you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. If only you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened. If only, if only, if only, if only. You had jumped when we said jump. But he was a man led by the Spirit and not by the expectations of people. Are you hearing me today? This is so important. Because we're in a busy city, a busy life. We're in rush hour traffic every day. Everybody's in a hurry in our culture. Road rage is rising. People can't stand it if they're going 65 and you're going 63 and you get in front of them. Because everybody got to get there, get there, get there. Busy, busy, busy. No time. Get out of my way. Move when I say move. Jump when I say jump. Get on my schedule, my calendar, my expectations. You get to a place where you say, hey, hang on. Let me pray about this. Jesus sat there for four days. It looked like he got there a day late and a dollar short, but he was right on time. Divine time. I want you to say with me, I'm not called to be a people pleaser. I'm called to be a Jesus pleaser. Every Christian must come to the place where the opinions and the expectations of men become secondary to the opinion and expectations of God. And when we get to that place, a great weight drops off of us when we stop being a people pleaser. Let us lay aside every weight. The weight of unnecessary business, the weight of detrimental distractions, and the weight of people pleasing. And let us run with patience the race set before us. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm stirred in my heart by today's message. What a mighty Savior we serve. Now, don't go anywhere because we've got some exciting things to share with all of our Life Talk listeners you're going to want to take advantage of. I look forward to seeing you next time on Life Talk as we move on to teach how to run the race with endurance. Till next time, have a blessed day.
Hi, this is Pastor Jeff. You know, at Life Talk, we want to stay connected with you and help equip and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you'd like to receive e-devotionals and ministry updates from me, go online to lifetalkradio.us and sign up to receive this exclusive Life Talk listener email. When you sign up for the first time, we'll send you a free resource as a thank you for being a devoted Life Talk listener. So go to lifetalkradio.us and sign up for a free e-devotional today. Drop That Weight is the first message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Race. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Race, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.